Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Nate Carr. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Nate is here to share his testimony with us today. Nate, just start out by telling us a little bit about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, um, I was born in Johnson City, Tennessee, 1978. Uh, Lived there up until I was... 15 and moved to Harrisonburg, Virginia. I was raised by my mom. My dad wasn't in the picture. Yeah, so you grew up, was born in Johnson City, Tennessee. Did you have siblings? Um, Half brothers and a half sister. Okay. So growing up, did you go to church? Was that a part of your life at all? It was. uh, A friend of mine that I grew up with, I went to church with him and his family. Okay. Pretty much every Sunday for a really long time, up until about high school. Okay. And then I kind of drew back from it. Right. So what was that like for you? Was it something where you, did you accept Christ at a young age? Did you, what was it like going to church? Was it something you did because your friends did it or? Well, I enjoyed going. Yeah. There's a lot of good people there and stuff. Yeah. And my friend's family, they were just really close and I didn't really have that family yeah. life. So I was kind of a part of that. And, you know, so that was the main reason I was going. Mm. And I didn't really do what I needed to be doing while I was there. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> you know, so it took a long time before I accepted Christ in my life after yeah. that. So you had a family in your life that probably modeled a lot of things for you. Yeah. Family. I've taken it was probably husband, wife, kids. Yep. Um, so that was something probably that you really enjoyed being a part of. Yeah. Do you have a memory from that? Uh, one of the biggest memories I have from them is, uh, we went to Disneyland together. They took Mm -hmm. me with them on a family trip and we were there for like two weeks, you know, so that was, otherwise I've never been able to do something like that. Right. So that was nice. That's cool. That's really cool. Well, uh, Nate, thank you uh, for sharing a little bit about how you grew up. And you mentioned that this family kind of, you know, took you to church and took you on a family trip to Disney World. Was there any, you know, you mentioned that you enjoyed church, you enjoyed going and the people, but you weren't, I heard you, so to speak, maybe say you were living a double life, like you would, you know, act one way at church, but then you would, you know, did some things that you wish you hadn't had done so talk about when you started to realize hey maybe i need to start living differently that didn't come until just a few years ago uh about three years ago so from 94 until 2017 i was living a pretty wild life do you want to share any of that like from you were going to church with them, a teenager, and then all of a sudden you drift off into somewhere in left field, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you think caused that? Drugs. Well, there you have it. Drugs. They will take you to places you don't want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay, right? Absolutely. That's what I've heard someone say anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just got on the wrong path and was hanging with the wrong crowd and decided that that looked like fun, so I wanted to do it. and. Ended up becoming an addict for 26 years. Mm, Wow. So let's talk about the road to recovery for you. It started with incarceration. Mm. Um, I got sentenced to 20 years 
and thought I was going to be a really old man whenever I got out mm-hmm. and, you know, just come to that point in my life while I was in there just thinking and decided I was going to start praying. And on July 7th, 2017, I asked God to come in my life. Wow. And he did, and he took all those troubles away, yeah. the burdens, everything. Were you incarcerated at that point? Yes. So how did your life change? You're in, you know, obviously. doesn't seem like much would change, but how did it change? Uh, everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> kind of had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. All the, you know, just the support from the church. Uh, I was, before I got incarcerated, I started taking my mother to church. She had had cancer and had beat her cancer and mm-hmm. asked me if I would start taking her to church, mm-hmm. which I did. And, uh, you know, which I was not in the right state of mind going to church. You know, I was still using drugs and getting high before mm-hmm. going to church. But in my mind, I was going, so I was doing something yeah. better than nothing. You were there, right? I was there. And uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, physically I was there. And, uh, you know, so the whole issue was once... I got incarcerated. A lot of the people from the church where we were attending at Mount Clinton Mennonite, they just stepped up and were really great and coming and seeing me. Some of the retired pastors were coming and seeing me and sending me Bibles and devotional books and just cheering me on all the way and just really helped out a lot. Yeah. So you thought you were going to be an old man. You're not an old man and you're out. So you want to talk about that? Well, um, needless to say, a lot of things changed. I think once God got in my life, Mm -hmm. he decided he was the real judge (laughs) and that things were going to go his way, Mm -hmm. not the way the lawyers wanted it to go or the prosecutors or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, so everything changed. Yeah. And, you know, with his help, I, I did eventually get out. Yeah. I remember you coming for a time... To celebrate recovery, and then you went back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So where was that in this timeline? I was released on bond, mm-hmm. and Jason Wagner, the chaplain from the jail, mm-hmm. Rockingham County Jail, he and I was meeting and stuff, and he told me about this woman named Pastor Mark. Oh, golly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, celebrate recovery program that was going on here at the church, mm-hmm. and uh, thought that it would be fitting for me to go. Mm-hmm. This was while I was still in jail. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I got out, he come with me the very next yeah, Monday night. I remember that. And I've been coming here ever since. Yeah. Yeah, you have. So you went back and had to finish out Yeah, I had to go back and finish my sentence. Yeah. Out. How long were you supposed to be in, and how much did they shorten? I was looking at 20 years. Okay. And they suspended 18 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. I was in there almost two years altogether. Okay. So you got out, um, you began coming to Celebrate Recovery very regularly. Yep. Uh, what's that been like for you? Amazing. <laughs> amazing. It has been. It's been amazing to watch you. One thing that I will never forget, uh, when you would come on those early days before you were incarcerated and even after that last, when you went back, you wore a hat. Mm-hmm. You had that hat on. And... It's it was winter like time. Were, oh, no. <laughs> I remember I said something to you about leading. I said, I see you as a leader. And you never wore that hat after that. No. You come out from under that. It was just a like a metamorphosis. That was a little bit of the old me still holding on, uh-huh. I think. 
I mean, I'm you see how I'm dressed now. Right. This is how I normally dress. Yeah. You know, back then I was still recuperating and trying to start changing my life for the mm-hmm. better and look yeah. more presentable and stuff like yeah. that. You know, yeah. So. I, it was a definitely a visible change when you came back that time. Yeah. And it's just been a real joy to watch you grow and learn and begin to lead other people. Yeah. Well, Nate, as you were talking, one thing that stuck out to me was you were talking about how 18 years of the 20 got suspended mm-hmm. and that the prosecutors and the lawyers thought that it was going to go one way, but God had his plan. Mm-hmm. But that's, God, we say. That's the way so, I And you said uh, that he changed everything because he had a plan for your life, yeah. maybe even that you didn't see for your life. And you shared some of that about coming to celebrate recovery and how that's been a blessing to your life. But just talk about, since you've been released, some of the ways that God's used you, maybe at CR or maybe in some other areas to uh, minister to others or just other ways uh, that God's gotten glory out of your story. Well, I think one thing is, uh, and I'm a firm believer in this, I went from a drug dealer to a hope dealer. And I feel that God's been using me in so many ways. Uh, I'm leading the addiction program here for the men at Celebrate Recovery. I'm leading the 12-step study. Uh, Got a good group of guys in here. I'm seeing God's work in all of them and just totally impressed. And, you know, it's a lot different than it was whenever I first started coming here. And uh, just seeing people wanting to come and people wanting to be in my group because they know my story and my testimony. You know, God's working through me in so many ways, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain. I never would have thought in a million years <laughs> that I'd be in this position. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot of that to Celebrate Recovery, if not 95% yeah. of it. Well, and I think the beautiful thing about Celebrate Recovery is it's Christ-centered. Yeah. You know, we believe that Jesus is the one, you know, that brings new life and gives new life and apart from him we don't have a whole lot going for us Um, so that has been the really amazing thing is to see people come in and maybe even be a little unsure about you know who is Jesus and you know what does he have to do with my recovery and then just seeing the change when people um, come to believe that he is who he says he is and you know I've watched uh, lives being changed. I've I've seen boldness. Um, I've even made a phone call, and you've showed up at somebody's uh, residence. Yeah. And um, you know, not only did you show up, but you continue to walk with them. And mm-hmm. I think that's the beautiful thing about Celebrate Recovery is it does become family. Jim Crawford said when he lit the Advent candle, um, he talked about we can have our church family, we can have our personal family, and then there's our CR family. And yeah. there's just a a bond there that's really hard to explain but it's a place of no judgment Mm -hmm. and a place that we're accepted for who we are and able to process through some of the things and the mess that we find ourselves in the middle of when we come in the door yeah i agree i've met a lot of good guys and you know have a daily contact with them and uh you know whether it's to see how they're doing or them to call me and see how i'm doing you know it's created a bond between all of us and I would dare say that you have bonds with some guys that you would have never thought oh yeah to see you and the businessman 
going fishing, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just really cool. It doesn't matter yeah. where we came from. God just knits us together. And it's just really cool to see those, I don't know, for a lack of a better term, maybe a motley crew, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, we love each other and that we're family. And I think that's what has been so inspiring to me. So we've gotten an overview of kind of what's happened in your life, and I'm going to get a little personal now. You can tell me to stop if you... You're fine. So you shared how, you know, you had this family in your life, um, your dad wasn't in your life, and then as a teenager, you kind of veered off. What do you think was at the root of that? What do you think caused you to make that turn? Um, I'm not for sure, honestly. You know, uh the first person that I ever did drugs with, he's still my best friend. Mm. And he accepts the changes in my life. Yeah. And he's been baptized since then. Wow. And, you know, his mom goes to church a lot. And this is somebody that I was in diapers with. Wow. You know, so to know that the life that me and him had, to me moving away and coming up here and us still connecting and him knowing that I'm clean, you know, I've been clean right. for almost three years now mm-hmm. and haven't had any issues. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be around guys like that is right. what started everything. Right. You know, and to still have him as a friend means a lot. Yeah. That was the, the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. And it slowly trickled into all kinds of things once... You know, we moved up here right before my senior year, mm. so that was hard. I was going to graduate and go in the Marines with all my buddies, and that didn't happen. And, you know, so life just started hitting me in different angles that I wasn't prepared for, and drugs was the escape. Yeah. yeah. Almost the world where there are drugs and there's another family almost. Yeah. There becomes a this place of, you know, well... I'll kind of leave what I have over here and I'll go over here and you find another common interest. Um, And I understand that because I went down that road too. Praise the Lord, he freed me from that. So you had that. You have this time where you had the drugs, you had that life that obviously come to an end. But I kind of hear you say, you said, you know, you went from a drug dealer to a hope dealer. Yeah. And it's almost like, your personality, which is kind of reminds me a little bit of mine, you are a people person. Oh, yeah. And so as much as you loved being with that family growing up and having that, you always desire to be in community. Yes. So when you're not in community, you found a community that did what you were looking to do. Yeah. And you came out, and now you've found a community that can help walk with you, not only your Celebrate Recovery family, but let's talk about Mount Clinton Mennonite Church. Okay. They are awesome. They are. I came to the church the Sunday that you were baptized and mm-hmm. shared your testimony. And I was so impressed with how, man, they dug in and they were your community. Oh, yeah. And they walked with you, supported you. They still support you. You have a band of brothers there mm-hmm. that still maybe are some accountability for you. Yeah. Was there a time that you ever really just didn't really want that? Yeah, when I was on drugs. <laughs> I didn't want any of it. I just wanted to get high. Yeah. And but they were persistent. They were, and they still are to this day. 
you know, I was at church and was talking to them about this interview and stuff today. And they're all just excited. What stations are going to be on? You know, they're just, That's they want to hear about it. A bunch of them is going to come Sunday mm-hmm. for the candle lighting yeah. and stuff, you know. So they're always in my life. Whether, they are. Whether you, you know, yeah. I got a men's group that I meet with. There's five of us from the church that meet once a month. And at least two or three of us go out to eat at least once every two weeks, yeah. you know, individually. Yeah. You know, they'll take turns and take me aside and just a little one-on-one, you know, just to see how life's going mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I'm blessed to be able to see them smile mm-hmm. and to see the change in me and to hear their feedback being so positive yeah. about what's going on in my life. It's, yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah, I was really impressed um, when I went to church uh, that Sunday at Mount Clinton Mennonite and was a part of that church family there. And then you shared your testimony here, and they all showed up here. Yeah. Showed up for had dinner with us. And, you know, that's a gift. Like, that's not everybody's story. Yeah. But I think that we could learn so much from their tenacity and their perseverance and just staying in your life and in relationship, even when it was probably hard for them. I know that your mom has been there too. Oh, yeah. Um, she's been there. She's had a lot in this last year that she's went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but family that sticks beside you, whether it's your church family or your whatever family, uh, there's not a price tag that you can put on that. No. Well, Nate, as you were talking uh this kind of goes back to the last question that Pastor Margaret asked about, was there ever a time you didn't want accountability and you said when you were on drugs and you just wanted to get high? So I'm just thinking if there's somebody listening, maybe they're in a hopeless situation or maybe they know somebody that's in a similar situation to you shared about your own, what would your advice be to them if they know somebody, maybe how they could, you know, give that person accountability without pushing them away, like pushing them in the opposite direction. Or maybe they are that person that wants hope or can't find it or can't get out of the addiction that they're struggling with. What would your advice be to either of those two types of people? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, the most important thing in recovery is to seek God. Mm -hmm. I've seen people go through rehabs and drug treatments and I've been through about any kind of drug treatment you can think of, and nothing worked because I didn't want it to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And my advice to them is, you know, if they're going to be helping somebody, you can only help so much. That person has to help themselves. They need to accept Christ in their life. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be too pushy, especially with an addict, because right. that will just drive them to using more. And, you know, you can pray for them and let them know that you're there for them and just pray that God comes into their lives because otherwise they're going to be lost. They're going to relapse. They're going to have issues. I've got guys in my group that were going through this similar Mm -hmm. situation. And, you know, I told them flat out, seek God and the rest of your Mm -hmm. life will be better. Mm -hmm. I'm living proof of it. Right. Right. You know, I shouldn't be here. But God had a plan for me, you know, so. That is, that is so true. God has a plan. And, you know, one thing that we know for sure is that when you have an addiction and you say, well, I'll just stop. Hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? It don't work that way. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just never do that again. Something has to fill the void. Yes. And first and foremost is Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, he comes in and we have a God-sized void in our hearts, every one of us. And we'll always try to fill that with something. And if you say, well, you know, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. Well, something else will come along. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Jesus obviously is the first thing. That's the first decision that we have to make. Um, and the Holy Spirit comes in our life and begins to give us direction yeah. and guidance. And, you know, Scripture tells us that we can have the mind of Christ. And that is powerful to think about that we can actually, that he will let us have his mind to yeah. think differently. And, you know, if you go down the same road, often you fall in the same hole. Oh, yeah. How many times you go around that mountain and we have to learn a new way. And it's in Christ that we can do that. I love the scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, And, it, you know, that scripture is quoted so often. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Um, and a lot of people stop there because God has a great plan, you know. But when you read on, it says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. And that is powerful. That's good um, stuff. He does have a plan for us, but, man, we have a part in that. It's not to sit back and wait, but we seek him uh, with everything that we have. And then he says, and he says, I will gather you. And he's saying this to the Israelites when they had strayed away from him and they ended up in exile because of what they had done. Um, he says, I will gather you from the nations and the places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. He wants to restore what the locusts have eaten. You know, he wants to restore our life. He wants to rescue us. Um, I've said often, he's the hound of heaven. He pursues us. And when we turn around and stop running from him and um, start searching for him, it changes everything. Yeah. He is um, extravagant in his love for us. And it doesn't matter what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some, just some pretty terrible things. Um, and he loves me because when he looks at me, he sees me covered by the blood of Christ. He sees me as a saint, um, not a <laughs> sinner, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one other person that comes to my mind in your life, um, you brought him up a little bit ago, that's Jason Wagner. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Jason and... People may not know what he does um, and the important place that he holds in your life and the lives of many men in Rockham County, specifically our jail, where he is actually a missionary Mm -hmm. from the Mennonite church has uh, sent him to Rockham County Jail to be a chaplain. Uh, It's his mission field. Mm -hmm. Uh, The day after I asked Christ into my life, Mm -hmm. I called my mom and was talking to her and told her what had happened, you know, how I wasn't worried no more and everything was going to work out and just this overwhelming joy for being behind bars, Mm -hmm. which was hard to grasp. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And uh, she started crying and she was like, God's in your life now. And she's like, I can tell by the way you're acting. Mm -hmm. She said, uh, I talked to... uh, 
Pastor Lee Martin mm -hmm. from the church, and he suggested that I contact Jason Wagner mm. because me and him could relate a lot, mm. and we've been down the same path. And uh, so I did and ended up meeting him, I think, like a week later and ended up seeing him once or twice a week, I think, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Mm -hmm once every two weeks, whatever, whenever he could get me in there. Yeah. And uh, I think, actually, I was one of the first people that he had met with. Wow. And we talked, maybe not every day, but I talked to him today. <laughs> you know? That's good. And, uh, you know, his family accepted me whenever I got out. And mm -hmm. they've had me over for dinners. And we've gone on fishing trips. Yeah. You know, just hang out. Uh, he won't work out with me no more, though. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on him, and he couldn't yeah, handle it. Yeah. But, you know, he's he does a lot for everybody in jail. I'm not trying to underestimate how many guys he's baptized, but I know it's over 40 wow. in the last couple of months. And I think it was even 40-something in one month. Wow. And he's just, he's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love him to death. Yeah. He's He's a brother through Christ, and in my eyes, he'll remain a brother mm. to me for the rest of my life. God saved him radically. Yes. And you know, um, recently I shared in one of our services, I was asking people to invite folks to church. And I said, when I came to church, I had a friend of mine say, I didn't invite you because I never thought it would interest you. And... I had three other people that did invite me, though, and I showed up, and then I invited her, and she now attends here. But, you know, so often we look at people and we think we know that they, we prejudge. Mm -hmm. Well, they probably wouldn't be interested. Yeah. Um, and it's the very thing that everyone desires at some level, whether they know it or not, because God places a desire um, to know him um, in us. I believe that. So uh, I think about the hard places that Jason goes into yeah. and um, shares Christ. And that challenges me that we should all be doing that every day, you mm -hmm. know, being the love of the Lord to the people around us. And I know that I'm grateful that he invests his life. It's made your life different. Absolutely. Um, I don't know where you'd be today if God wouldn't have placed him there, yeah. that it was his timing for sure. Well, as we are closing this just in the last couple of minutes that we have do you have any stories recently of how God has used you uh, a couple you know you know of the one where I went and met somebody who was having issues me and one of the guys from my uh, addiction group mm -hmm. and my step study group he volunteered to go with me mm -hmm. and you know we met somebody and they are now coming to celebrate recovery mm -hmm. And uh, another one was uh, someone that has been here off and on for a good while who's been struggling, mm -hmm. uh, just got released from jail on Monday. Mm -hmm. And I was driving on my way home and looked over and seen him <laughs> and turned around and pulled up. And he didn't recognize me because of my new truck. And I got out and I just run up to him and we embraced and gave each other a hug. And uh, I asked him what he's doing. He said, he's waiting on the bus. I was like, no, you're not. Your bus is here. <laughs> I said, let's go. I'll take you wherever you want to go. Right. So I gave him a ride home, and we reconnected. Uh, he's been clean now for a little over two months. Okay. And, you know, even though most of that time has been behind bars, mm -hmm. you know, he's been out for over a week, and he's still clean. That's good. And uh, one of the funny things 
about this person is he's always been hard on himself and low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see him, he just had this glow in his eyes. He jumps in the vehicle. He pulls out Celebrate Recovery books <laughs> that he got while he was in jail. Wow. And, you know, this letter of stuff of positive thinking and ways to change his life. Wow. And how important CR has been to him and how bad he wants to get back into it. And I'm hoping he's here tonight. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. I ended up calling my step-study co-leader and putting him on speakerphone so that he could talk with him. And it's just... Everybody was just so happy, and, you know, it's it's one of those things. What's the odds of me driving down the road and seeing somebody that mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a few months mm-hmm. and picking up right where we were? And, and uh, he had his CR books with him. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing that God is, he just does that. And the crazy thing is the joy. Yeah. The joy that it brings us to see people coming to that place of, knowing what they need and showing up at CR and becoming a part of the family. And they can mess up and they can come of. back, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's a good family to be a part of. Well, Nate, thank you for joining us on Front Porch Talks today and sharing your testimony with us. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Nate Carr's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.